if they want to kind of continue to be on the national stage, they have to show that they're not afraid to go play on the road. To convince Eastern, who is dead set, like I said, runner-up national champion, to take five home games, seven on the road. 19 teams in the West, and most of them sponsor football. So you kind of have a weird, little bit of a commuter school conference. Same neighborhood, and I hear they don't walk on the same side of the street as each other. Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I am your host, Chris, and with me, I have a very special guest. Uh, I have Alex the Boat, best of all time boatman, from the Kicking It podcast. How you doing, Alex? Not bad about yourself today. Good, good. He's one. Of, he's probably got the best radio voice in the uh, <laughs> podcast game, so you guys are in for a treat. I do I I do moonlight as a uh, part-time public address announcer for uh, in Lewiston, Idaho. So that's that's my uh, side gig. There we go. So if you just can't get enough, drive on down to Lewiston and go <laughs> hear some public addresses. You can find Tubbs at the Club on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and of course Tubbs at the Club.com. Today uh, we got Alex on because most of you probably are know that uh, the WAC is making some moves. Um, they've signed Dixie State. And with that, you know, Idaho has also added a 12th member to our schedule. So we figured it would be a good time to kind of just talk general landscape of football out in the West. Um, what kind of, what it kind of means for Idaho and the big sky and everything like that. Before we get started, you know, I, I'd like most of you are probably aware of Alex's podcast, the Kicking It podcast with him and Austin Rico. Um, but in case, you know, you've been living under a rock and today's the first day you decided to crawl out from under that rock. Alex, why don't you... Tell that rock dweller what you guys are all about. Uh, yeah, kicking the podcast. Um, we've been doing it since July. Kind of just wanted to get into podcasting game and uh, talking to Rico about it. And he was like, "Yeah, I'd love to love to do it with you." And um, you know, we're we have about eighteen episodes or so. We record about a couple times a month. We usually talk college football. We didn't talk. We talked Idaho a little bit. Kind of was a interesting situation for me being a player at the time but uh, i know i will mm. talk idaho more um now that i'm no longer associated with the university in that capacity but we talk a lot of college football nba college basketball especially that coming up talk nfl um yeah we're on uh, soundcloud um itunes and spotify it's kicking it podcast it's k-i-c-k-i-n apostrophe it podcast you know, and so that's that's where we're at. We enjoy doing it. We haven't had any guests on yet. We have worked on it. Um, we know we will have possibly some uh, guys from the NFL on our podcast, um, guys who are close with uh, Rico on his time. But we're a little uh, hiatus right now. Austin's down in uh, Texas getting ready for the Alliance American Football. He's in training camp right now. So it's kind of where we're at. We appreciate you having uh, me on, and uh, we have a nice little relationship between the two podcasts. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I don't know how you use same team brother podcasts. Uh, yeah, you know, you we actually have the corner club, you know, kind of in our namesake. But you guys have actually done a live podcast from the corner club, something we're incredibly jealous of. <laughs> I actually have I actually have some news. I'm going to announce it right now, right here. Um, we have signed a sponsorship deal with the corner club. They're now the official sponsor of the Kicking a Podcast. Heck yeah, way to go, guys! Yeah, so. That'll be talked about more here on our next show coming out probably this weekend. Well, there you go. You guys are going to have to find them um, and make sure you start listening to their podcast if you aren't already. Um, and you can also find them on Twitter at kick in 
with you know just so K I C K N I T podcast. Um, so make sure you go give them a solid follow on Twitter. Uh, but anyways, yeah, enough into the uh, introductions and everything. Let's get into the nitty gritty of you know what what we kind of decided to make this our first joint podcast. Um, yeah. Big scheduling news. We have scheduled a home game against Eastern Washington for the upcoming season. For We kind of brushed on it a little bit in our pod, end of season podcast, I believe, when we brought it up that uh, every couple years the FCS normally plays 11 games, but every couple years you get to play 12 when there's 13 Saturdays between Labor Day and Thanksgiving. Uh, this is the last time until, I think, 2024 – uh, so we get 12 games, kind of what we're all used to from the FBS days. Our protected rivalries is kind of a confusing thing that most people thought we'd be playing Eastern every year anyways. That didn't actually take place until 2020. There's a big mess with us coming in in North Dakota leaving for the Missouri Valley. So it, it was awesome to see you know, the athletic directors and everybody be able to get this together. I know I was extremely excited about it. Uh, it brings up to 11 Division One games, 10 against the FCS, 1 against the FBS, and then obviously a a top tier match or a game against a top tier division two school in central Washington. So in my opinion, this is an awesome schedule, a little bit more exciting than the one we had last year, at least as far as home games go, but I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I know you've got some takes on it. What, how happy are you with Eastern and just how the schedules come together as, as a whole? It's a perfect fit. Um, like you said, every uh, so often the way the labor, way labor day falls and the way the calendar falls, you get 12 games in FCS and it happened to be that we weren't playing Eastern just the way the, the Big Sky had scheduled it out. And both of us were looking for a game, and we both had matchup dates. And so it just kind of is one of those perfect things. Um, but it's not just as simple as that, what a lot of people think. think It's just, oh, you know, they're available, you're available, go play a game. And it's a lot harder when it comes to scheduling. Um, kind, of a, kind of the way scheduling goes is when you bring in a team um, you pay them generally a two hundred thousand dollar guarantee for travel and expenses and things like that. Good examples. I know we'll probably pay Central Washington probably a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand. I probably will probably pay pay Eastern about a hundred thousand, and that's just the way it works. And I know we were in a spot financially with the way the athletic department was going. Um, it was kind of difficult to try and bring in another team besides Eastern. I know there was talk of bringing in some schools, some other different schools from the from the Midwest or from the East Coast. But the thing was, is we weren't going to be in a spot financially to pay them to come out to Moscow. We were going to have to go there. But they didn't want to pay us the $200,000 to go out there. And so mm-hmm. it kind of is one of those things that ended up working out. Um, I know uh, necessarily that Idaho maybe didn't want to play Eastern for a little bit um, just because of how – you know, they just are defending Big Sky champions. They went to the national title. And if you don't have to play a team that is that good, then, you know, it's not that you're scared of them, but that's just you don't want to expose – you want to limit your risk. But in a year where maybe going 7-4 and four might not get you into the playoffs, but 8-4 and four will. So um, that's why it makes sense to schedule that 12th game. And it's great that it's at home. It's great for the fans. Uh, I know we get – uh, Weber State, Idaho State, Eastern, and uh, and Central Cal Washington Poly. coming to the Dome. Yeah. And Cal Poly, that's kind of the one that, you know, I don't know if anyone's too excited about Cal Poly. They run the triple yep. option, so that's, that's, that'll be a fun, fun and boring one to watch. But, uh, you know, and we look at the schedule. I was talking with someone yesterday. We don't have a week where we're playing back-to-back road games, which is, yeah, which huge. is huge. Which is huge. Um, as a player, speaking from experience, there was times there, and I think in 2016, where we were on the road for a month straight, 
um, with bye weeks and road games. And it's, it's not, it's not terrible traveling. You just kind of sometimes forget what it's like to, to play at home in front of your home, home fans. It just kind of, we had a really great record in the dome last year. You know, we went four and one Our only loss was that last to Montana. So if they can keep up a, the team can keep up a showing like that at home. Um, I like them to make the playoffs next year. Yeah. I, like I said, I think last year was more of a, us getting not caught off guard, but just, it was so different than anything we're facing in the Sun Belt uh, that I think, yeah, you know, and we're not going up against any of those teams again per se, other than what Idaho State and now Eastern and Montana. Everybody else, I think, will be, you know, the other half of the Big Sky no, we didn't play. Part. Um, so you know, they have yeah. just as much film on us as we have on them, and I'm still convinced that you know, with our years of being FBS and you know the kind of job Petrino does, that I think you know we're going to be more prepared than most of those schools will probably be to play us. So I think optimistically we, we have a good shot next year, but this Eastern game is not going to be easy. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised no. we got it because uh, I was down in Frisco and uh, I was talking to a bunch of the Eagles. Cause you know, this was before this news came out and we've been kind of uh-huh. popping it up on the podcast that we should try to play Eastern. We had an open date and they had an open date and it kind of stunk that we're trying to build this rivalry and there's the year off. And a lot of them were saying it won't happen because we need a sixth home game. We need a sixth home game. And so we were proposing, you know, Joe mm-hmm. Albee, you could sell it 50-50. So I'm super surprised we were able to convince Eastern, who is dead set, like I said, runner-up national champion, to take five home games, seven on the road, and then come to Moscow. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's an away game, but no. it's not. Um, it's 70 miles. You know, we, when, we played, when we played up at Eastern um, this year, we literally stayed the night in Moscow like a home game. And we got up in the morning and drove to Cheney. That's, I mean, and you got there and you did it. It was, it was exactly like as if we were at home or on the road because there's times when we have stayed an hour, hour and a half away from the stadium and had to drive there on game day. Yeah. Um, App State, case in point, uh, Troy, we stayed in Montgomery, had to drive down, have to drive there. When we played uh, New Mexico State, we stayed in El Paso. These are all games that you're driving an hour to the game. So, I mean, it's not like it affects you that much going those 70 miles. Um, I think it kind of worked out with Eastern. I think they got that Lindenwood on their schedule, and I think they were open to to go play to Idaho. And I think that um, they kind of, if they want to kind of continue to be on the national stage, they have to show that they're not afraid to go play a team that was FBS on the road, who they who they hosted last year. Mm-hmm. I think they had to kind of show that they were willing to do that. And it's great for us. It's great for the fans. I know that's a game that I'm going to want to, come back for wherever I'm at um, and watch. I know I've got a lot of buddies still there who are going to want to win that game because that game left a really sour taste in our mouth after I think, last uh, year. I think you're looking at that and probably Idaho State are the two yeah. two games you're going to find most people excited about. Obviously, Weaver should be a good one. But, yeah, this was a huge get for the Vandals. I can't stress enough how happy I am that both athletic departments were able to get this done. Mm-hmm. I think it adds a marquee game for both of them. I know Eastern has Jacksonville State too, so, I mean, it's not like they were in necessarily need for another more marquee game, but you know, good for them for going out and challenging themselves. And like you said, playing a team arrival on the road who was FBS only two seasons ago. So yeah, I'm glad Lynn Hickey and Pete Isaacson and everybody else involved were able to get this done. And I think it brings up a huge point. Us having to schedule Eastern Washington out of conference kind of proves two things to me. Uh, we need, more Division One schools out West, whether that be FBS and FCS probably, um, or FCS and probably FBS as well. And, you know, the big sky just needs to be trimmed down. Yes. The fact that we have a school 70 miles away that we 
we had to schedule out of conference because there's that many teams. Mm-hmm. I think just proves that we need more teams up here. We need another conference, and mm-hmm. uh, the Big Sky's a little too big for how the FCS plays with not being able to be in divisions and have a championship game. doesn't really make sense to have 13 and a quasi-14th team in North Dakota. Yeah, it's it's really bloated. That was always kind of one of my hesitations when this whole transition down happened is, you know, it's great playing schools like Eastern and Montana and Montana State and Idaho State. But outside of that, I don't necessarily care to be playing Northern Arizona or Cal Poly, you know, and I don't, I don't think think the fans necessarily do either. I mean, you know, that drums up when we play a team like Cal Poly or even UC Davis, that drums up about as much excitement as playing Troy or playing, you know, Louisiana Lafayette. They're they're teams that people are, Mm -hmm. they're kind of familiar with on a name basis, but they don't really necessarily care for, you know? So with the big sky kind of, I don't know, not making the schedule the way they did for us. I wasn't too happy when we didn't have Eastern on the schedule or Montana State on the schedule in year two. Um, Because that Idaho-Montana State game can become a really good, fun, fun game. Um, It can. And that was a fun fun place to play. Their fans were fired up. We were fired up to play against them. Um, You know, came down there to a refing decision that went the wrong way for us. And But I was kind of sad to see that in Eastern Washington – you know, not on our schedule. So uh, the big sky needs to be trimmed down, whether it be splitting up into two different Western conferences or whether it be teams moving up to FBS and some teams staying in FCS. And I know you, you've been doing a little bit of work on that. Um, so I don't know if you, you, you want to give your scenario or yeah. uh, how you want to go about this, but yeah. yeah. So kind of also some news, um, the whack recently, he said out of Dixie state, and that also kind of changes the dynamic in terms of how Western uh, conference play will happen. They are entering the FCS as an independent, but that basically means that they will basically almost play a full big sky schedule because every team in the big sky who has an open spot will want to schedule them as an FCS team. That's out West. It's easy travel. Um, it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see them play a lot of FCS Big Sky teams, they've already literally signed a deal with Southern Utah within like 10 minutes of announcing them going to FCS. Um, so kind of my scenario, it kind of entails the WAC and the Big Sky kind of working together. And this is kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know if this, this was something Dr. Spear talked about um, when he was athletic director. The tears. Yeah, tears. And yeah. you kind of have, I, don't, I think the system where it's at now, you will not see it change. And I fully believe, you kind of have tears within FBS. There's G5 and the P5. Oh, you 100%. Do. But I don't think you're going to see it go. I don't think you're going to see the P5 break away because they rely on the G5 so much for basketball. And as long as football and basketball are so, everything else is tied together, it will never change. You'll It'll stay the way it is. Yeah. They'll have their, basically a tier within a tier. And that's how that will go. But what a lot of people don't know is to be an FBS conference, you have to go to FBS, you have to be invited by a conference unless you were Liberty, which was granted by a waiver by the NCAA. You can't just say, I want to go FBS. However, mm. to be an FBS conference, te- conferences that once sponsored FBS football are grandfathered in as always being an FBS conference. So the WAC, the Big West, and the Missouri Valley Conference, not the Missouri Valley Football Conference, but the Missouri Valley Conference itself, are three conferences that can start FBS football without needing permission from the NCAA. And they can invite teams on that basis to get back to an FBS conference. So 
there's between the whack and the big sky, you are, there's 19 teams in the West and most of them sponsor football in some way. And, and that's, that's just a really bloated, really bloated conference. So I've kind of divided it up. Um, the big sky kind of becomes Northern schools for Olympic sports. So you'd have, Eastern, you'd have, you'd have Seattle U and Portland State as travel partners, Eastern and Idaho as travel partners, the Montana travels part, as travel partners. And then you have Idaho State, Weber State travel partners, and then Utah Valley, Northern Colorado travel partners. That's the big sky in Olympic sports. The WAC in Olympic sports then becomes Sac State, Cal Baptist, Grand Canyon, Northern Arizona, Southern Utah, Dixie State, um, New Mexico State, Rio Grande, University, Kansas, Missouri, Kansas City, and Chicago State. That becomes the whack. And so it actually condenses Olympic sports travel, mm-hmm. helps helps that those teams in that sense. And then with football, it becomes a different story. So the whack then becomes the FBS football conference. So you put teams New Mexico State, already FBS football. They're they're there. That's a team. You need eight teams, by the way, to be an FBS football conference. So New Mexico State. Idaho can jump back up by us not cutting sports. It allows us to be in a great spot to jump back up. All you need to do is add basically 10 scholarships in football. And that's kind of where you're at. Um, So Idaho, New Mexico state, the Montanas have both looked and acted like they would like to jump up at some point. I think the big sky kind of gets tiresome for them, not wanting to play teams like North play teams like Northern Colorado. Both of them have the facilities and the athletic departments and presidents to get behind that kind of move. So there's four teams right there. Where the next four come from, that's kind of up for debate. It, you know, um, you can look for other top-tier Big Sky teams who have the money to want to move up. Cal Poly, UC Davis, and football are teams like that that have the money and the infrastructure in place to move up. They have the sports. They have the facilities. They're kind of in, in a spot. People always want to say, oh, Eastern should move up. Eastern should move up. Eastern Athletic Department is complete shambles when it comes to budget. Yeah. It makes Idaho look like a dream. Um, their budget is smaller than ours. They raise only $400,000 a year in scholarships from their version of VSF, where Idaho raises, you know, a million and a half, and that pays for a good portion of scholarships. You know, they don't have the fan support widely. Their stadium needs – people think the Kibbe don't need help. Bruce Field needs help when it comes to being an FBS facility. <laughs> Trust me, that is not – even the the, bath, the locker rooms and everything there need just work and the weight room. To, they need to add 8,000 seats, I think, just to meet yes. capacity standards. And that's doubling the yeah. size of our stadium. Yeah, you know, and it basically – I've – Basically, felt like I was in a high school stadium for the most part. Nothing, no knock on Eastern. That's just the way the field's set yeah. up. It's the way that's something financially that needs... in what the picture they're yeah. in right now. It's not anyone's fault. It's just no. it's where they're at. No, and you did see their AD leave last year to go to a better situation at North Dakota. Some people viewed it as a lateral move. Some people viewed it as a down move. But when you look at the setup of athletic departments, the financial backing. And the level of overall athletic health, North Dakota is in way better shape than Eastern than Eastern is. Yeah, I, I'm always amazed every year that Eastern can recruit and stay competitive across all sports because their facilities are nowhere near what you know some in the in the Big Sky are. Montana's are really good. North Montana states are improving. Idaho has one of the better now facilities in FCS when it comes to weight room and training room and things like that. Yeah. Things that players look at when you go, 
fun fact, I, I know when USC came to Idaho, when they came to Wazoo a couple years ago, they were they stayed in Moscow and they looked they uh, brought USC to Idaho's campus and let them look around, walk around, get out before the game, and they brought them in the weight room at U of I. And their players were commenting that our weight room at U of I was better than what they had at USC yeah, after that renovation that we did. Yeah, and and you know that's a, that's a big time thing to have. And, and you know I know Coach Sharnhorse. There's probably no there's probably no better strength coach in FCS than Coach yeah. Sharnhorse, and we're really lucky to have him. But when you start looking for those extra four teams, you need to look at schools. Look at the, look at all the four Dakota schools. They might want to move up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if North Dakota State wants to keep winning national titles at FCS and when they can. I don't know if, you know, eventually that kind of stuff, you want to challenge yourself and prove that you can compete at the next level. And, and South Dakota um, would need need a little bit of investment. They're they're kind of like Eastern. They're a little behind a, in the facilities. A but little I mean, bit. But they, I bet they, they built have a new a, basketball arena. Yeah, they, they built, built a new basketball base. arena at South they Dakota. Can, they could yeah. raise funding if they if they made an announcement. I don't think they'd have a problem securing funding to make the advancements. Right, and and also um, when it, and kind of extra teams you can look for on an affiliate basis for the WAC for football. You have teams like UMass and Liberty that are independents that would kill to have seven guaranteed games a year. Yeah, they would kill for it, and they would pay money for it too. I know Liberty would probably pay a really pretty penny to this conference mm-hmm. to have a spot to go to park their football team. Yeah, and everyone goes, oh travel it's such an issue it's such an issue it's not i I can tell you from experience from playing in the Sun Belt. when there's like next year when idaho plays in the big when they in the big sky next year when we go play at portland state they're gonna go get on a bus they're gonna go drive to portland six seven hours that's how it goes when we Mm -hmm. played at uw that's what we did six six seven hours we played at boise state in the bowl game against colorado state eight hour bus ride when we fly to louisiana you're looking at a three and a half hour plane ride and that's just tra- travel. When you're traveling on Friday and coming back for Saturday after the game, travel is a non-issue for football. Granted, it does cost a little bit more. You're looking at two hundred thousand dollars per travel game compared to maybe like fifty thousand dollars for buses and things like that. Mm-hmm. But FBS conferences make so much more money than FCS yes. conferences. It basically offsets it. It's it's insane how much more FBS conferences make than FCS conferences. Yeah. So you know you can pull in teams like UMass and Liberty. But there really is a structure there. If both conferences could get together and the presidents of the schools could all get on a single page, you could have another FBS conference in the West feasibly. This is not something that's a complete pipe dream no. that some people make it out to be. Yeah, and I did uh, – I found this spreadsheet I drew up. Last edited December 26, 2016. So like right after the bowl mm-hmm. game, you know, and we're hoping to maybe find a – Cinderella type story. Clock strikes midnight. We stay FBS. Um, so this is a little outdated, but I drew up, you know, a, a version of I labeled it whack travel. If you had Sac State, Portland State, obviously Portland State has some things they'd need to figure out now. Eastern would have to write some stuff. Idaho, Montana, Montana State, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, NAU, New Mexico State, UTEP. Which is probably kind of a pipe dream. Uh, no, after you're done here, I want to kind of make it some comments about UTEP and Hawaii and some yeah. anything. Continue yeah. on. And then I had Lamar and UMass. Now, obviously, you could, like I said, maybe move UTEP or Lamar out for a Liberty. Um, but you know, I I did the math here. Let's see what Idaho. The average travel um, for the whole season Moscow would do is you know 1,000 miles, and a lot of that is with UMass in there. So if you take that out, but I mean, you're looking at your furthest game is 2,182 miles to Texas. So, I mean, 
it, it worked. You have multiple games that are under a thousand mm-hmm. miles. And so, you know, I was looking even back then that th- there is possible and there's teams that are actively seeking conferences. Um, and I even split it up to where you had a North region, which was Eastern Idaho, Montana, Montana state, North Dakota state, South Dakota state, UMass. And then in the South, you had Sac state, mm-hmm. Portland state, NAU, New Mexico state, UTEP and Lamar. And when you do that, it dropped everybody's travel um, under a thousand miles uh, on, on average. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think I think there's a need for it. I think there's teams out there, and I'll, I'll let you make your comments on UTEP, and then I have a couple other teams yeah. that I think are something that could be feasible. Right. Um, you know, I like you said, there there's a there's teams out there and universities out there that would love to move up. However, the Mountain West will will not invite anyone to move up. I can tell you, yeah. I can tell you that the Mountain the Mountain West will not take. They won't take New Mexico State. They won't take Montana Montana schools. They won't take Eastern. They won't take Idaho. We've tried. We've tried for them to take Idaho, but schools like Fresno State and Boise State block that kind of thing. Yeah. When you look at that, I can see the Mountain West actually contra- contracting because of that new rule that came into effect of you can play 10, you only need 10 teams to play a conference championship game. So why why is the Mountain West, why is Hawaii parking their sports in the Mountain West for football? And paying those schools so much to fly out to Hawaii, and the Mountain West doesn't need them. I could see the Mountain West moving away from Hawaii. I could see the Mountain West moving away from San Jose State and just saying, "We don't need you. Mm-hmm. We we don't we don't need you." And so, I think you're going to see contraction actually at the conference level because you look at other conferences, conferences like Conference USA and the Sun Belt have become bloated when it comes to. Olympic sports schools and even football for conference USA. The conference USA is just, it's stupidly big. It's too many teams. Why is UTEP playing? They're in the mountain time zone, by the way. Why are they playing volleyball games against teams like Florida international? Yeah. You know, football is one thing, but when it comes to Olympic sports, why is UTEP traveling to Huntington, West Virginia to play a women's soccer game? That, That makes, that makes no sense. You know, allow UTEP to come into this conference, whether and put them in the the whack Olympic sports conference. They have teams like New Mexico State there. They have teams in the Southwest. Yeah. They're in a good spot. They can compete. They can and let them play football. Let them let them play football too, and bring them along. Yeah, because and so I, Lacrucius is yeah, only you know, what, I like think you eighty miles. Well, it's, we, when we well, it's less, it's forty. When we when we played New Mexico State, you fly in and out of El Paso and stay in El Paso. That's where we <laughs> that's where we stayed. When we played at New Mexico State, it was El Paso, Texas. You drive right by their stadium on the way to to Las Cruces. Yeah, I have it here. You drive right by you. Forty forty six miles from each team's football stadium. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. You, you know, and Olympic sports, and so you've heard comments from presidents and ads of schools like Southern Miss and Middle Tennessee State saying, "Yeah, I could." There needs to be some sort of Sun Belt Conference USA merger. And making it a smarter position for our Olympic sport teams to play more regionally. Yeah, and I because what I was gonna say, I, I that? think that kind of like what you said. You know, like we saw in the two thousands with the TV money and the BCS and the playoff coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. These teams started or conferences started to expand, so they could get to the 12, 14 teams to have a conference championship game. The better position, whether you're a power five, you know, to have have the championship mm-hmm. game or if you are, you know, a group of five to get more teams that could possibly play like a UCF is now, or Boise state has in the past where they could possibly break that ceiling and get into those games. And now what I think you're seeing is 
UCF has done just about everything you could ask of them other than, you know, obviously playing a big time away game, but they have that coming up, I believe, with Florida in the next couple seasons to get into the playoff right. and they haven't gotten the invite. And so I think what you're going to see is, like you said, a lot of these group of five where people thought we might be looking at another round of expansion. I think you're right that there might be contraction where people are like, I care way more about geography now than I did before when we were just making mm-hmm. a push to try to add teams and TV markets. And I could see you starting to get conferences trying to revert back to being geographical. Yeah, I think you're going to see it's not meant necessarily expansion. You're going to see realignment and you're going to see uh, the bigger conferences will stay the yeah. way they are possibly um i know there's talk of what the big 12 can do after especially a lot of schools are pissed off about texas's tv deal in that conference i know a lot of mountain west schools are pissed off about boise state's tv deal in that conference um but i think in the smaller group of five fcs and then even conferences you know non-football playing conferences like the wcc and the big west as an example i think you're going to see a lot more realignment into what makes sense financially for our Olympic sports football. The problem is, is you need people need to untie football from Olympic yes. sports in their minds when it comes to where you should play conference, where you, where you should play because football is nothing like your golf teams no. and their needs are so different. And every other, as an example, football at most schools fly, fly charter, fly private. Olympic sports at schools like Idaho size, they all fly commercial. They drive, they, they do different things like that. And, and that's just the way it works. So, you know, I think you're going to see why, why is Idaho not in the same conference at, you know, for a while when we weren't playing Eastern, it's like, why is Idaho not the same conference as Eastern Seattle, U, Portland state, Montana, Montana state, Idaho, you know, why are they, why are they not in the same conference? And kind of the same reason goes as why is, Seattle U and the conference playing a team in Rio Grande, Texas. Why are they not playing in a conference playing Eastern Washington and the Montana schools that's a direct flight from Seattle to Bozeman or a bus ride to Chino? Yep. Um, and, and that's, I think you're going to see kind of a restructuring. But the thing is, is presidents and commissioners need to get past their egos to make that kind of stuff yep. happen. No, I, I 100% agree. And yeah, I was just kind of looking, you know, I, I have some ideas. Uh, I, I've always been a big fan of the, the spear tier theory, but I don't, I just don't think it's mm-hmm. going to happen, but it's, ba- it's base. It's basically yeah. there. I mean, it's, it's basically, there, it's, but in a actually, sense, it's basically there. saying this yeah. is what it is. This is how we're going to go going forward. It's, I just don't see the people mm-hmm. coming out and just outright labeling it and making it official. But so I kind of named some schools that I thought that are out West that should or could start fielding, you know, football uh, to try to make help fill this whack. Obviously, there's teams in the Big Sky mm-hmm. we could cut, but obviously we have Dixie State, um, Central Washington meets the qualifications for FCS. They'd have a lower budget, but I mean, there are FCS schools. We're we're in a weird spot where mm-hmm. out west we're so used to having so few schools that we forget that like if you go right. out east to some of these other like you know if you're going to the MEAC or the Northeast Conference. You know, there are schools that have smaller budgets than even the, the northern Colorado out here. They're like having a team mm-hmm. with a low budget isn't necessarily a bad thing as it's more getting bodies at this point because the West is just so sparsely populated. But that is going to continue to change. So right. get schools in. But, you know, so like a school like Central Washington, Utah Valley, um, a, a school I think. 
they they've done a feasibility study. They've kind of talked about adding yeah. football at Utah Valley. And I could see, you know, GCU has made a lot of I mean, it's kind of just jumped onto the scene. I don't think them looking at possibly adding football is too big out of the realm of possibilities. And then no. you have uh what should we dig it? Uh, how do you pronounce this? Azusa Pacific out in California. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a current D2 school. They could make the jump. Um, they'd fit really well in mm-hmm. with a UC Davis, Sac State kind of, you know, movement. Then, you know, schools that are more known as basketball schools that I think if they ever looked at football could actually have more success than back when they used to, being Wichita State. I know that's a school that has openly admitted to wanting football, but they just don't really want to do the the FCS thing, and you can't just really jump straight into the FBS easily. Um, right. I think did UTSA jump straight in, or did they do one year FCS? I don't remember. I think they did a year of independence in FCS. Um, I know South Alabama when they added football ten years ago, they did a year or two of independence in FCS. They started out basically playing like junior mm-hmm. colleges for a year and the next year was like D2 schools and the next year is like FCS schools. It was like they tiered it up. South Alabama has been a pretty successful yeah. and uh, startup football yep. team. And then, uh, you know, this one's probably the least likely, but Gonzaga, uh, I think the <laughs> football need in Spokane is met with Eastern. Um, and I think you see with Eastern that maybe they're Washington is such a weird state that people are so UW or Wazoo that it's even hard for Eastern yeah. to get people to get to their games if you're not an alumni, it, just a casual is. fan. It but is. I do think it's I do think having maybe a team like Gonzaga actually in the city would help. I mean, it works for basketball, but you know that's one I just I don't see Gonzaga making the move. I think they're very content being a power in in basketball. But yeah, a school that makes sense. I don't I don't see Gonzaga. Yeah, you know, um, a school that has done a feasibility study and has openly admitted to it and has had conversations uh, with Western FBS schools is University of Texas Rio yep. Grande, currently in the WAC. Um, that you know, that president has wanted to add football for a long time. They hired Mac Brown to to do the, to be the head of the feasibility study. Yeah. So obviously, that you know, that's when he was you know no not yeah. coaching, um, but that shows some some level of interest. University of Texas Arlington, currently in the Sun Belt, has talked about adding football. Your school in Texas, everyone wants football. Yeah. It would do fine. Another school, also in the Sun Belt, University of Ar- uh, Arkansas Little Rock, has openly admitted to talking to want football. But you, if you start adding teams like that, you know we just mentioned four or five teams that have done feasibility studies and have been open to adding football, and they want to go to FBS. So that happens. It just gives more of a reason that teams can play in the WAC. There can be another need for a Western um, FBS conference. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think the FBS needs it, um, and the FCS needs it as well. Yeah. But I think you're going to see, obviously, when money starts getting thrown around, I think a big a, a revitalized WAC would get a decent TV contract, mm-hmm. and probably more so than the Sun Belt, just because there's nothing out here. You have the Pac-12. And you have the Mountain West, where if you're out east or in the south, you have the Sun Belt, the Conference USA, mm-hmm. the American, the Big 12, the SEC, the ACC. And so usually, so yeah. there's so many different options. We're out west when it's – I mean, you got two conferences. And I the WAC wasn't mm-hmm. unsuccessful. It just was unsuccessful no, in locking down schools during the realignment craze of the early 2010s where – 
the Mountain West needed to add teams, the Pac-12 needed to add teams, and we didn't hold on to teams well. And, you know, we, we brought in teams. We mm-hmm. brought in solid teams that have stayed in the FBS with UTSA, uh, Texas State, and it's just, you know, the conver- they saw the writing on the wall that the conference was probably going to fold. Um, you know, obviously us in New Mexico State, we're the, on the chopping block where San Jose State and Utah State got into the Mountain West, and the other schools jumped ship to the Sun Belt and Conference USA. And, you know, obviously everybody mm-hmm. that listens to this probably knows how the 2010s went for Idaho. But, I mean, the WAC was popular. Yeah. People liked the WAC. Uh, at, at- hey, man, the WAC, was a, the WAC was a good time. You know, you look at teams, you look at how many different teams played in BCS bowl games from the WAC. Yeah. You know, you had Boise State multiple times, and then you had Hawaii yeah. that, that yeah. one year. You know, I think there's the WAC was the WAC at uh, one time was the best um, non non you know Power Six conference because it was six conf- non BCS conference. The WAC was the best, and then Boise State kind of <laughs> basically forced the hand, and it imploded from yeah. there. Um, but you know, kind of one of the things that makes FBS appealing compared to uh, FCS is is the amount of dollars available. Um, the amount of dollars. So being an FBS conference that is a member of the group of five, you automatically get the basically they basically pay you off a million dollars per school to just show up for for you not to file a lawsuit against them. <laughs> that's basically what they do. Cash money. Um, but and that's kind of some of the and some of the and it's true. You know, so many antitrust issues there that kind of get shoved under the rug. Um, because the schools just take the million dollars and stay yeah. quiet. But kind of one of the things is, is the agreement is with the five conferences. Some say that the, they would not pay a sixth conference. However, like I said, that's an antitrust lawsuit mm-hmm. waiting to happen. And what's what's ten million dollars to to the Power Five to make one of their conferences yeah. shut their mouth um, to keep them quiet? Um, and you look at money games alone. So this is a great great example. Next year. We are still kind of locked in um, to some FBS money games because the way the yeah. contracts were written and the way. So next year, when we go to Penn State, we're getting paid one point four million dollars to go to yeah. Happy Valley, one point four million dollars. But when we go play at Oregon in twenty twenty four, I don't know if that game has been announced yet. I'm no, I think I think it's on FBS schedule. But, but yeah, okay. Um, when they go play Oregon in twenty twenty four. They are getting paid six hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars, and that's and that is that is a really good, really good payment for an FCS team. So when people talk about oh the travel so much more expensive, you basically pay for your travel alone by being an FBS team getting paid a oh, money yeah. game. I, and everyone wants to go away from money, money games, but it's the nat- it's the nature yeah. of the game. You, I mean, we, you're lesser, so and teams want wins. We can offer wins. That's just that find me an FBS team that doesn't really play a money game and I'll show you Santa Claus. That's just kind of how, it, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, kind of how it the goes. Money games, um, I think usually pay for the rest of our entire sports budget. Cause I believe, I don't remember this was a couple years yes. old, but I think it was like 2013 or 14 football was the only Idaho program that turned a profit and our, yeah, Still and our money game against oh God. I think that was the Texas A&M or LSU year. That entire check went to paying for golf, swim and dive, basketball, and then football made all their yep. own money on, like I said, away games, ticket sales, everything else, sponsorships. It's the only program that makes money. TV. Yeah, TV. And so, you know, the money game for us, if, if we were just a football school, we wouldn't even need it per se. 
it'd be nice to have the cash definitely, but we could have been self-sustaining on our yeah. own. We're doing it so that, you know, we can offer scholarships to other student athletes and, you know, be a first class institution. Be, be title nine, title yeah. nine compliant. That's the, that's the key. But, you know, I, I, I kind of, this is kind of a joke amongst football players every year. Um, we, you know, we went and played Florida and, you know, you would you love you love those games because you know you get an opportunity to go play against a really good school on a national mm-hmm. stage on a really awesome stadium. It's it's a it's fun. It's you know, but you know what's probably going to happen. Yeah, that's just you know you you would love to go in there and be the team of the year that upsets someone, um, but more likely than not, that's not going to happen. But kind of a joke amongst football players is we go lose those games so that volleyball can go to Hawaii every year. And, you know, they went to Hawaii this last year and we would love to do that, but we don't. And we go do money games so that stuff like that can happen. Um, It's not a knock on other sports. That's just the nature of the business that is college athletics. Yes. You make money in football. That's the only spot that you can even come close to making money is in football. Um, And the money available at FBS, you get at least a million dollars a year from TV. You get at least a million dollars a year from, uh, money games, you get at least another million dollars a year from um, the the playoff people paying you off. Where at FCS, that money that money goes away. Sure, you're paying less scholarships, but that those ten to fifteen less scholarships you're going to offer. Because I can tell you, we never offered eighty five when we when we were FBS. We played with seventy five scholarships. That's what most you know. We never played with the full eighty five. When you're offering ten to fifteen less scholarships, you're not that 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 money is not going to make up for you not making those dollars at FBS. Yeah. And that's just a fact. You're going to make the money at FBS pays for those 10 to 15 scholarships and then some. Yeah. So how we've, we've kind of talked about it now um, a bit, but uh, the FBS, obviously this is current. Things could change wildly, but they currently have 10 conferences with six independent schools that equals 129 schools, which means they're averaging about, you know, minus the Indies, about 12.3 teams in a conference. Now, with the mm-hmm. current status, that all could change with teams trying to get down to 10. Where you look at the FCS, we have uh, 13 conferences with only three independent schools, 125 schools total, and the average FCS conference has nine teams, which in the FCS works out perfect. You know, you play uh, an eight-game conference schedule and you have three games one to go play a money game maybe one tune-up game against a uh, lower you know nia air or a uh, division two division three school or you know then one to schedule against the common foe maybe if you're in the big sky a missouri valley team to be part of the missouri valley big sky challenge or you know it leaves mm-hmm. you three non-conference games and eight conference games and it works out well but then you look at the big sky 13 teams it is the largest conference in the in the FCS. The only one coming close is the CAA at 12 teams. If you count University of North Dakota as, you know, they still kind of have one year being a quasi-team. We have 14 teams. Uh, it, it's obvious that we need to trim. And, you know, the goal would probably be between 9 and 10. Uh, obviously, the Missouri Valley Conference being probably the most successful conference, well, at least with North Dakota State, uh, over the last, call it, decade has 10 teams. Uh, so and I think a 9-10 to 10 team conference would work best. So I guess yeah. in your opinion, 
you kind of went through it, but I guess, so I kind of came up with uh, a dream scenario and then probably a realistic scenario of how this big sky and whack could look. And I'm just kind of curious on who you might think mm-hmm. will be the selections. If I had to dream up a big a dream scenario for the, for the whack football conference, I think you're talking Idaho, New Mexico state, the Montana schools. I think you're talking four North Dakota, four Dakota schools. Um, and then maybe you're talking Hawaii and UTEP. That's that's who I'm dreaming yes. of um, for making up the WAC football conference. What a more realistic approach might be: Idaho, New Mexico State, and the Montana schools, U, um, UMass and Liberty, and then trying to get two other schools um, to maybe join you, whether it be Cal Poly, UC Davis, whether it be you know poaching Hawaii. Yeah. Um, some form, some form of that. I think that's a more realistic approach. Getting those two teams from the east to just give you to give you legitimacy on a temporary yeah. basis. Um, um, but kind of real quick, what you said. So for football, nine's the perfect number. For Olympic sports, ten is the perfect number. That's kind of that's because you want travel partners in Olympic sports, and then football, you want an odd number. You want nine to ten, so you can play those eight or nine conference mm-hmm. games. And so I kind of did mine more staying in the FCS. Uh, obviously I would love, we have an FBS scenario and I, I'm think it would be silly for people to think that that's not the wax end game with all this is to get back FBS. I don't think you re-sponsor football to create an FCS conference, but that's, um, you know, for debate with whoever, but, you know, I kind of came up with a, uh, a realistic scenario where I kind of saw, you know, Eastern Washington, and this is obviously if FCS, um, we, we stay. Eastern Washington, Idaho, Idaho State, Montana, Montana State, Weber, Portland State, and Southern Utah. And then I could see the WAC being Dixie State, UC Davis, Sac State, Cal Poly, Central Washington, CSU, Pueblo, College School of the Mines, and Northern Colorado. You get a couple more Colorado schools, so it makes sense for UNC to move. Um, you know, you pretty much wipe the slate clean with the uh, the California schools. They all go together. You add Central just because I don't think they're a big sky quality team. You'd kind of have how the WAC and Mountain West was. Where the Even though the WAC might have been the better conference, the Mountain West was kind of viewed as the better conference. Um, so I think you'd have that with the WAC being below the big sky right. in this. And I think when you look at it, you have Eastern who's, you know, in the last nine years has been to the championship twice, won one of them. Has been the four semifinals. You have Idaho, who has the history, mm-hmm. was recently FBS. You have Idaho State because they're a founding member. You have Montana, Montana State, just because obviously. And then Weber State, founding member. Portland State, you just kind of hope, one, it makes sense geographically, and two, you just kind of hope that they can figure it out, maybe get a stadium. And if they figure things out, they could be a dangerous school. I mean, they're in a metropolitan area, a huge recruiting ground. I mean, you, you get all the Oregon guys and, you know, Oregon State guys. But, mm-hmm. um, and then Southern Utah, you know, you, you keep just cause they got to deal with Weber. Cause then I kind of do another scenario where I did, if you kind of did the land grant pack 12 approach where if we got all kind of high mighty and we decided, you know, we're going to make a research academic based conference. That's also competitive in football. So you're going to add teams that are, well, this is what Dr. Spear, this is actually what Dr. Spear wanted was yeah. more of a land grant like a like institution so you can get presidents on board mm-hmm. with it. And that's kind of what his approach was moving into yeah. this kind of stuff. And so I had Idaho, Idaho state, um, Idaho state would kind of be 
I don't want to take shots at anybody here, but more maybe like your Arizona State, you add them because you wanted Arizona. <laughs> so, you know, you got to keep those two together. Maybe the academics aren't quite to what the rest of the conference would have. You have Montana, Montana mm-hmm. State, because both, I mean, fantastic peer institutions. Uh, you have Weber State because they're a founding member and they are actually pretty academically well inclined. You know, New Mexico State makes the drop. Um, we get New Mexico State. I'd love to have the Red Aggies back in a conference with us because they're kind of like a quasi rival and cousin. It's like a family rivalry. Yeah, yeah. they have been. <laughs> we hated we we hated them. We didn't like to yeah. play those and guys. Then, uh, you got UC Davis and Cal Poly. Both are you know. I mean, their endowments are huge, especially at Cal Poly. They'd be like your Stanford. You know, they might not care about football, but it's yeah. a beautiful place to go play. And, uh, you know, you, you got a good school at least, and everyone needs pretty much a bye week game. Um, and then you'd have your WAC, which kind of turns into your commuter school district or conference. You got your Eastern Washington. You have your Central Washington. You have Southern Utah. You have Dixie State. You know, they're really close to each other. You have Northern Colorado, you have Sacramento State, you have Portland State, and then Western Oregon makes the jump. So you kind of have a weird little bit of a commuter school conference. Um, obviously, the big sky letting go of Eastern would be very hard. Uh, speaking of, they've kind of been the crown jewel the last decade, or at least the most competitive program. But mm-hmm. I think this conference, if pride was an issue, tradition was an issue, makes the more sense for them in terms of budget, facilities, um, every, everything but on the field performance, this conference would make more sense. Uh, but that's kind of the scenarios I drew up of, you know, what this WAC could look like in five to ten years mm-hmm. compared to the big sky. I don't know if you have any critiques or anything you would add yeah, or change. No, no, I think, you know, kind of a pairing of like institutions is a good idea. Um, I think that's kind of where yeah, people forget, you know, that it's a university and the most important thing is academics, right? That's the whole That's the whole point of it. Um, so you want to be compared to, um, institutions that are, that are like yourself. But I think I kind of like my thoughts on everything is I think the most important thing is not necessarily football realignment. I think the most important thing is Olympic sport realignment. I think that's kind of, I think if, you know, if you want to be fiscally responsible in your uh, athletics budget, and I think that's something that a lot of, uh, different people can get behind. Um, I think kind of doing a scenario where you do a, whether whether it be the WAC becomes the West, whether it be West East or North South, I think that's the mm-hmm. best the best way to uh to kind of break kind of kind of break up your uh your teams and your conference your conferences. Um, football kind of comes second. I would love nothing more than for Idaho to go back to yeah. FBS. Um, I think that's where we belong. I you know even though our play on the field might not have showed it this last year, I still think um we belong at FBS. We uh. You know we're we're undefeated in bowl games. Not too many uh, FBS teams can say that having played multiple bowl games. Um, I think we're actually the only FBS team, the only team that can say they were. Uh, you know, and that's something we'll always be able to hold on to. Um, but I think the best route is to approach it as a Olympic sport realignment, and I think that's kind of maybe the trend you might see as TV deals start to expire um, these next five years okay. or so. Um, I think you'll see it. In the, I think you'll see it in the South with Conference US and the Sun Belt. I think you'll see it in the North in the Northeast with smaller conferences. I just think it makes the most mm-hmm. sense, you know. Also, Denver playing in the Summit. You know, if you create a league like this, could you attract Denver to come back out west instead of playing teams in the Dakotas um, and going all the way to Michigan? Um, 
that's kind of a that's kind of something that you might be able to. They people forget they were in the whack for a, a real hot minute, yeah. but that's the kind of team that you could attract back um, to the whack or the big sky, depending on your setup. And so, if that's the case, you have twenty teams in the West that are available to play in two conferences. And and one thing that helps is getting teams, getting your teams to the NCAA tournaments because. When it comes to the Big Sky, instead of competing as a twelve-team or thirteen-team league, you know you compete. You're p- competing against only nine other teams instead of another twelve teams. Um, so I think that's something that coaches would love to see um, because the WAC and the Big Sky are very similar rankings between basketball and yeah. other Olympic sports. And there's no there's no reason for the the, the bloated structure of one league and the other league to be trying to hang on, cling on to survival. There's no reason for that to, to be the okay. case. Um, so I want to ask you one real quick, fun last conference question, and then we'll move into just some quick little fun, All right. quick fun questions before we wrap it up. If you were Western commissioner of all things called football for a day, and you could make a dream conference mm-hmm. that you put Idaho in, I you know, it's your dream. It could be uncompetitive. You could have us back in the old PCC with USC and everybody, or or something <laughs> more modern and realistic. If you could create a conference that you think, you know, rules, TV deals, nothing of that applies, an ideal conference you would have just loved to see Idaho be a part of. Give me, you know, eight to twelve team conference you'd love to see play with Idaho. All right. All right, I'm going to start off with the, the Vandals, of course. And then um, I'm going to throw Boise State in because I yeah. hate those dudes. <laughs> um, and uh love to see that game again. I want nothing more than to see that game again. Um, I'm going to throw Washington mm-hmm. State in this. Um, nothing better than the Battle of the Palouse. The closest Division One schools in the country, eight miles apart, are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Fun fact. No other D1 schools are as close as Idaho and Washington State. Um, I'd like to throw Montana in, so that's where, where we're up to. Yeah. Four teams right now. So basically, complete rivalry base so far, and then I'm to continue on that rivalry aspect. I'm going to throw Utah State in there because Idaho Utah State were together yeah, for so long that that was kind of a there you know that was kind of a, a they used to be our rivalry only game for a little win bit back when, in like 2007 eight. You'd be like, all right, we're playing Utah State this weekend. Yeah, right, get the W. Exactly. You know, I'm still pissed off about 09 when we lost yeah. to them by three points um, in that bowl year, but. So what is that? Five teams, and then for competitive, you know, I'll throw Idaho State and Eastern yeah, in there. Seven um, for for fun. Throw Montana State Boom. in there. Give me eight, and then Nevada. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna stop Perfect. at Nevada. Nevada and UNLV. There you go. Nevada that's UNLV. 10. That's a that's a beautiful conference. Uh, mine. UNLV talked a lot of smack in uh, 2016. They, they? That they talked in a lot of smack. In 2016 or 17? Oh, yeah. 16? When 16. you guys, when you guys beat them in OT? And then Matt Linehan gave him the, the shimmy shuffle there, and that was a great game. Hey, I'm going to tell you who talked a lot of – you know, we talked a lot of trash was Colorado State. They We showed up on that field, and they were talking trash before that game, and then they had no – then they were so sad during yeah, that whole game. Guys, people – I always say that game is one of the most deceiving games Idaho's ever played. Because if you were there, that was a <laughs> yeah, one. But it was it was worse than that. Rapid. I mean, what they scored like twenty one points in like the last yeah. two minutes when it was just like, I mean, you guys already had hats yeah. on. Like you guys are like, all right, guys, come on, let's just get off this field. It's freaking freezing out. You're not gonna pull this out. I know. I was, I was no longer freezing. Yeah, it should have been. Point, it should have been uh, a thirty point. But one. yeah, 
Yeah, but that's my uh, I guess dr- my ideal uh, West Western Conference for Idaho. Yeah, my mine would be uh, I pretty much exactly the same, other than I'll, I'll keep the fact that Wazoo is probably staying in the Pac-12, um, and I'd probably replace yeah. UNLV. So I probably otherwise, yeah, I'm definitely Idaho State, Eastern Montana, Montana State. Um, I'd like to see Nevada. I'd like to see New Mexico State, and I probably for the last uh, the last add in, I probably add Wyoming. I think that would be a a fun conference opponent. I like that. Yeah. I forgot about. I should throw in New Mexico State. That yeah. you know, because it, it felt like for a long time there, Idaho, New Mexico State, and Utah State were just tied to each other from our time yeah. in the Big West, the Blue Aggies, to our and time the Red in the Aggies. Sun Belt. Yep. From the time in the Sun Belt, the first time, and the time in the WAC together. Um, it was kind of just a. Uh, it was basically. It just felt. It felt like we were all just just same institutions. Keep playing each other, mm-hmm. and then Utah State had to go up and leave us. So yeah, darn them, uh, left us in the dust. But if you actually uh, ever get on like a Utah State board, and they pop on to all vandals every uh-huh. once in a while, they do come on and they go, "Man, we miss you guys. We feel bad for you guys. Keep your heads up." Like there, there is a good little. Hey, that was a fun. That was a fun basketball yeah. rivalry between Erlin and Stu Morrill, yeah. you know, the disciple and the master. That was – Idaho would actually give Utah State yeah. a run for their money during those those early Verlin years. 2010. Those were great games. We, we upset them. Yeah. In, in the Cowan Spectrum, they were ranked. It was on ESPN2 or U, one of the two. And I remember that. Yeah. I had people I texting that. me back home, and they were like, you at this game? I'm like, front row. <laughs> Storm the court. That was great. Yeah, I miss Utah State. Yeah, I agree. Utah State's one of the schools I wish we could get back on the schedule. But uh, um, so yeah, with that, you know, just kind of some fun questions to wrap it up real quick because I know I, people are going to want to hear these from you because um, we always talk about this stuff. And I was pretty much the only one on the podcast that traveled to away games this year, so they have my opinion. But mm-hmm. from a player's opinion, what was your favorite Big Sky away game? Uh, and then when while you're at it. Favorite Sunbelt away game? You talking experience or are you talking like the game itself? Are you talking like going some like the, the place to go? Yeah, Is that I'd kind of what you're place to go. Okay, Let's see where we go this year. Eastern, Montana State, Idaho State. Where else did we go in the big UC sky? UC Davis. Uh, UC Davis. Okay, UC Davis, no place was hot, no fans. California dude, sucked. I bag um, on them all the time for that. That They had such a good team, uh, and yep. nobody cared about that game. They're yeah. all in that big berm just having yeah. picnics. Nope. <laughs> oh, it was so hot, too, and that, that, that sucked. Um, let's see, where else? You know, Idaho State, um, terrible dome. Yeah. Uh, Sidelines, a complete joke. Great atmosphere. Um, I know that was their most attended game in 15 years. I'm going to put it between Idaho State and Montana State. Ah, I'm going to say Montana State, yeah. even though both outcomes were not that fun for me as a as a player. Um, it was a lot better being, being in a game the whole time at Montana State. The crowd was fun. The crowd was great. Um, that was my first game in snow in my time at Idaho. Kind of crazy thought, but well, you know, the bowl game did snow. It was just yeah. it was just cold. Yeah, but. Um, that's what I picked. You know, it was, that was the best just for me. Montana State. I'm gonna throw Montana State as the best uh, Big Sky 
away trip so far. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Montana is going to be the best one, though, when they go there yeah. this next year. I know I'm going to try and be there. Um, Sunbelt, favorite place to go. Most beautiful place I've ever been. Boone, North Hell Carolina. Yeah. Appalachian. Dude, Alex, beautiful. that's exactly what I always um, say. I'm like, Appalachian oh, State man. and Montana State was my favorite game this year. I was like, I wish I would have gone but, to Boone. That 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 year, you know, that was the year we went to, we won the bowl game, and but that that travel trip was hell because so we flew in and out of Charlotte, so it's a five hour flight to begin yeah. with, but Boone is three hours from Charlotte, so after the game we had to drive back to Charlotte three and a half hours, and then we it was a nine hour trip all all together by the time we got back to the dome. Um, I'm gonna throw, but maybe my favorite place crowd wise in the Sun Belt. Troy. Yeah. Love Troy. I love Troy student section. That was fun. So Troy students sit right behind this uh, visitor bench. Not a big sideline. It's really intimate. Um, you know, also that was my first game I played in, so it kind of holds a little sentimental value. Yeah. But there was my first game I played in, and also it was the the miss kit in 2015. It was that game that we showed up at 9 a.m. We got Taliban at 9 a.m. Central and, and then played a game at 2.30 and came back the same day craziest travel trip of my life and we won but troy holds a good place yeah it was awesome man that was a that was a great place um i like troy alabama it's a actually i love the drive from montgomery it's actually that's actually a place i want to go back there's not many places i want to go back um necessarily um new mexico and el paso texas not one of them (laughs) um western western michigan is not that great either but troy and app state those are my those are my two favorite uh, Sun Belt schools to go to. That's awesome. Uh, worst school, Arkansas State, Jonesboro. Uh, it, you know, it was okay. It was I'm a, I'm New Mexico State is the absolute worst. Uh, I'm throwing that out there. I hate New Mexico State. That's the worst place to go. <laughs> Not in the Sun Belt anymore, but yeah. you know, we were there the first year. We were there and we blew a twenty something point lead. It was Halloween night. There was all of eight hundred people at the game. Um, is that the ankleception? That's game? literally yes. God, that was eight, there, I think our, one of our equip, I think one of our equipment guys counted. There was eight hundred people at that game. I played in front of more people in high school. Yeah, it was just it was the biggest joke I've ever seen. And then there was some accusation of players harassing cheerleaders, and cops had to question some players, and it was a complete lie it came out, and it was just that never made it to the press too much, and it was just complete BS. Um, and then also the plane trip home. I remember the plane. <laughs> never hit. I love turbulence. Never had more worse turbulence in my life. Um, <laughs> thought the plane was going to go down. We got back super late. Lost my car keys. Jesus. Lost cruises in New Mexico is a hellhole. Hellhole. And I do not wish it on my worst enemy. But you know, I love to play New Mexico State. Yeah. But uh, uh, let's. Where else? Where else was? Let me think. Else in the Sun Belt that wasn't a big fan of. Um, Lafayette was all right. Monroe was all right. Yeah, Jonesboro. It was uh, I hate, that drive from Memphis was terrible. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Mobile. Also Mobile. Oh, Not a big fan of Mobile. Huh. It was the humidity. Stupid in that stadium. It, the fact they play the Senior Bowl there is a joke. Um, <laughs> the we had a three hour lightning delay there. I'm gonna say Mobile's also one of my least favorite. Yeah. Well, that may actually I remember that we had a watch party out here in Seattle for that and. We didn't know if we should just stay, and then the I think Missouri was actually on after us, and they were just like, "Hey, I don't think your guys' game's gonna get played. Do you mind if we nudge in oh, here?" Oh man! But Dang. but you guys pulled it out that right? game. I remember. Yeah, yeah. We you know we won an, won an overtime. 
Um, but I remember sitting in that locker room. I had no cell reception and I was sitting there for three hours on my phone reading uh, behind the lyrics on Spotify and playing Temple Run. I think that's about all. And they bought They brought us sub sandwiches and it was, you know, the weirdest three hours of my life. But, you know, it was worth the win. So yeah. uh, best, best money game. What Like most best atmosphere there. Auburn. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Auburn and USC because Auburn, no place like it. SEC atmosphere. Auburn's better than Florida in terms of SEC. And it's also better than Missouri. Um, but growing up on the West coast as a kid and growing up in the era of Reggie Bush and Matt Liner yeah. and Lindale White, USC was the, USC was the yeah. team on the West coast. Alabama. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, it was playing in the Coliseum, going to the Coliseum. That's something I'll never forget. Um, you know, the two Olympics there, it's been there for almost 100 years. That was all amazing. But but Auburn, 85,000 fans. Um, all The way the, the police escorts are cool, but that police escort was the coolest. You're driving down the other side of the street, and the other te- all the other fans know it's you. And, you know, you know they're giving you – their their signs the the chomps and they're doing every you know yeah. yelling war eagle and um it was yeah auburn eighty five thousand people that was that was uh definitely b- best money game to go to they're gonna have a good one at penn state this year yep. that's gonna I'm, be a fun yeah. one i'm je- yeah, I'm, I'm jealous of that, that one right now it's only four hundred fifty bucks from seattle the right in, right in the that's state not- college too not philly or Oh, not even to like yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, oh, wow. I was that's like, not I bad. Think next paycheck, I might have to uh, see where I'm at and book that flight. That's not bad. Florida was okay. Um, Missouri was, you know, it's a f- fake SEC school, so they're really a Big Twelve school. If you want me, to, you know, terrible fan. UW was all right. Um, Wazoo was cold for September. It was oh, Wazoo, yeah. but that's why we have a dome. Hey, man. People mock the dome. They say football should be played outside, but it gets to be December and November, and I am no place to rather be than inside that dome. I keep saying Eastern should be terrified that if we get good, because if we start playing in playoffs and they keep playing in playoffs, it is not going to be hard to walk into a recruit's house and go, we have more money, we have better coaches, we make the playoffs too. If you want to go look at just put on film of Eastern in their playoffs and see like you know 4,000 fans shivering in the cold and go, Oh, and then you got a packed dome, and you're playing in controlled 69 degrees. Where are you going to choose? Yeah. If we start winning, I think Eastern's going to be a, a little afraid. But we got to. I I agree. First. You know, there's there's no there's yeah we we do and we will. Um, you know, there's no there's no place like dome. But uh, kind of every day, um, when we we practice inside most of the, most of the time, and every day I. I'd warm up. I'd warm up right next to Cade Coffee, and I'd tell Cade every day, "Hey, Cade, beautiful day to be beautiful day to be a Vandal. Seventy-two and sunny, no wind. <laughs> exactly what we want." Right. And I, every day, that's what I said, playing in the dome because it might be November, it might be you know August, but no matter what, seventy-two and sunny, and you got no wind. That's that's a specialist dream right that's there. Where so. punter and kicker you? There's no better place to kick. Hey, that's was that four All Americans in a row in punting. Yep. Uh, that's uh, that. If you ever ask Cade Coffee who his kicking coach is, he will say it's me. <laughs> Fun Deal. fact. We're going to have to try to get him on the show, and we'll ask him. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, hey, I don't know, I don't know what he's going to do without yeah. me. Uh, one last quick question for you, and then we'll get to getting iced, um, and then we'll wrap it up. 
if you could, and in all honesty, I know this is a hard question to ask because there's not really a lot of relevance to it. Uh, how far would you guys have had it gone in the playoffs to trade in the 2016 Bowl? Or is there just no comparison, even if you won the FCS national title, you would have rather been potato bowl? Mm. Or is it maybe if you made the title, made the semis, maybe that would have been as big or bigger than the potato bowl? The only thing, the only thing that would have been as big as the potato bowl is winning the natty. Um, I, I just remember I remember that year in 2016, you know, we remember that meeting uh, when we got pulled in in, uh, in April there. Um by the president, the AD, and coaches, and said, you know, they're one to FCS in 2018. Um, I don't think we, you know, that's not for another two years. So we just got to focus and uh, get it done. And you know, no one respected us in that 2016 year. You know, go nine and four, arguably the greatest Idaho team in yeah. uh, in uh, history. Um, I don't know if you know, be an Idaho fan watching the 09 team. Um, we're better than the 09 team. I know they won't be too happy for me <laughs> to say that. Maybe the 98 team might give us a run, but I don't know. I don't know. We would, you know, there was kind of a change. You kind of look at 2016 compared to this year. We went into every game thinking we could win. Yeah. Even when we went into UW. Cause it was, but, but it wasn't just the motto. It was actually how the whole team thought. Mm-hmm. You look at that UW game, we were only down 7 nothing at the end yeah. of the first quarter, and that was because of a fumble on a kickoff return. Um, and that and that UW team that year went, you know, sure they blew us out at you know towards the end of the game, they but the to go a whole quarter, they went to the yeah they lost to Bam, they were the fourth team and lost to Bama that year in the semis. Um, but to stand toe to toe with the team who just ran through everyone basically um, for a quarter, you know, they they proved their they proved they were good, you know. And then you look at that Wazoo game, the final scores that kind of show how half that game went and that how that blocked field goal changed everything. But we, you, we literally went into every game thinking we were going to win, and no one was going to change that. And I don't know if I've been a part of a better team culture than that 2016 team where you had offense guys telling defense guys if the defense give them touchdown, the offense guys would be like, "Hey, we got you, defense." Defense, you know, offense to go three now. Defense, like, all right, we'll get you, you guys. We'll get you the ball back. Offense. It was just a uh, everyone cared about everyone, and it was a really weird way. And uh, ah, that 2016 year having that bowl ring. I don't know if there's much that can replace that. I always will hold that bull ring, and I actually have a potato from that from the potato yeah. bowl nice. from that from that trophy. Yeah, they're fake. They were fake. So <laughs> I didn't but, know that. Oh, I was like, you say yeah, that and you fake. bake it on like hey. your your wedding day or something super special. Even though you yeah, it was it was fake. Uh, but uh, fun fun real yeah. quick fun fact: the the original potato bowl trophy broke in the locker no room. Joke? The one that's uh, nope, gosh. I won't. I won't mention the name of who knocked it over, Charles Ocano. Um, but uh, freshman knocked the trophy off the off of the bench, and uh, you just are in the locker room celebrating. And you just hear, and you look back, and you you look at the trophy, and you're like, "Did we really just break a, a glass bowl trophy that we well, just it's won?" The it's like, yep. So the one that's in the case is actually the second one made for uh that's for awesome. us. So, uh, I do. All right. Quick question, and you can totally say no comment. Have Petrino and Leach made up? Okay. Or is there still some animosity there? Um, you know, I hear they're neighbors or same neighborhood, and I hear they don't walk on the same side of the street as each other, as each other's houses. <laughs> Good. Um, That's the way I want Petrino. That's all I have to say. I don't, 
as as an Idaho guy um, and coach P is my coach, I I don't, I don't like Leach personally. That's I think the way he runs a program is it's a joke for the most part. And that, you know, that's the way a rivalry should be. Um, on to getting eyes. Exactly. Uh, so now this is the uh, moment where we open it up to guests. Where usually I'm not the only one on the seat, so kind of really me getting iced here. But uh, you feel free to ask us <laughs> any question. It can be about the Vandals. It can be about well, obviously you know everything about the Vandals. So Vandals sports or you know <laughs> anything random or general. Uh, all right. Since this is the Tubs of the Club podcast um, and the Kicking It podcast has a relationship with the Corner Club. Larry Craig, yes or no? All right, would you would do you like the Larry Craig no. drink? I know people that get it. You don't I understand why oh. they get it, but I am not a Larry Craig order. I've had it once, so I can I can say that I have tried it. I'm not just saying no because because oh. what it is and what's in it. But uh, no, I'm not a big Larry Craig guy. For uh, for those of you who don't know what the Larry Craig drink is, it's a uh, it's in a tub cup, so it's 32 ounces. It's a whole twisted tea, a whole Mike's hard, and then. Uh, some couple shots of rum poured in there and very sweet, very might give you a hangover in the morning. Um, and why it's called a Larry Craig, it's a little fruity. So I'll leave that up for your interpretation. Oh, uh, uh, but, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I think you used to be able to get them on your club card day if I remember correctly, but maybe I might not be really, but, uh, anyways, see, I, I, I never had a club card, but I wish well, I did. Now that you're officially sponsored, work that into the deal. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't, not living in Moscow anymore. It's That's tough. True. Hey, I still re-up mine. I consider it part of my donation back to the university. I donate to the VSF and the Corner Club. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the only places you need to right. donate to. Donate to VSF and donate to the corner right. club. So, Mark, I'll be sending you the home games I'm coming to. Uh, if my card gets pulled, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, <laughs> Alex, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, uh, it was fun talking to you, actually. So, hopefully, we can make more of these. I know we discussed possibly – National Signing Day, or uh, you know, maybe yeah, Austin and would love to talk recruiting. Yeah, or maybe up. Austin and the guys can come on and talk a little bit about Salt Lake when that all settles up. And uh, but yeah, I'd lo- definitely need to make this a more common thing. But uh, let the people know what's going on in your life before we uh, sign off. You know, current gra- just current recent graduate of U of I got two uh, two bachelor's degrees, finance and org sci. Um, Going to be a substitute teacher for a little while and probably go to grad school uh, next fall for sports management. Hopefully, uh, you'll be seeing me around some athletic department um, working in development. That's uh, kind of my passion. I'd love to be an AD someday. So it's kind of why I like to pay attention to all this conference stuff and all the, follow the money. It's kind of my hobby and my passion. So that's kind of where I'm at. Well, I will tell you, uh, when you become commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, uh, as an Idaho fan, I don't care who's in it. I'd love an invite. <laughs> hey, that's my first first order of business. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, and then, you know, thank you guys all for uh, tuning in. And once again, you know, giving us about 70 minutes of putting us in your car, on your earphones, or however you listen to us. Uh, check out the Kicking It podcast. Um, obviously, they have a lot more sports IQ than we do. Actually, have played the game and played the game for Idaho. And we're going to start getting a little bit more Idaho coverage now that you know, Alex isn't actually on the team. Um, and then, obviously, they go – you guys are still planning year-round, right? Because you guys have been covering everything. Yeah, yeah. We'll be still – we'll still be going year-round. We'll be talking uh, basketball, college basketball especially. Uh, we'll talk NFL playoffs. I know big games here starting about five minutes uh, yep. from when uh, we're recording this. But uh, talking NFL, NBA, um, 
Rico shies away a little bit from uh, baseball. I'm a baseball guy. I'll be sure to, you know, bring myself on and maybe a co co-host to talk about baseball. I will talk about soccer too. Um, I'm <laughs> different co-host for soccer. I love to cover some soccer, but we cover everything under the sun. I pay attention to it all. It's kind of, it's kind of what I like to do. It's your, it's, uh, it's, it's your general sports podcast. If you want your, really if you want is. your headlines, but don't want to listen to Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless and all those clowns, tune in, listen to Alex, listen to uh, Austin and whoever else gets brought on. Cause uh, they do a really good job. Um, like we said, we we subscribe to them. We listen to them. Uh, it's kind of you know, it's our brother and team podcast. We love love bouncing ideas off of you guys and also taking your insight on everything that we don't cover, like sports. You guys have helped me uh, a little bit with my sports gambling, whether you knew it or not. Hey, <laughs> hey, uh, my sports gambling. It's uh, if you're a fan of sports gambling, uh, get the Action uh, Network app. It'll uh, give you some information. That's what I like to use. So there you go, free I'm, endorsements. Uh, <laughs> I've been enjoying my time away from the NCAA to uh, now bet on sports and to talk about things I could not in my yeah. time at Idaho. So we appreciate the affiliation course, with right. you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I never did, but now it's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I appreciate we appreciate the affiliation. We appreciate everything that um, you guys bring bring to us, and appreciate you guys plugging us. And we we love the just the Brothers in Arms podcast. Basically, we got going on. So right. And, uh, you know, thank you once again, you and Austin, uh, when he listens to this, uh, for all you guys' time you guys spent with the University of Idaho and everything, your blood, sweat, tears, and obviously getting us that 2016 ring. Uh, thank you to all you listeners. Uh, just a heads up, Brian should have basketball coverage out before the Montana game, um, and then more consistently getting it out going forward. He's burning himself at both ends, covering for the Montana Mint, so if you're more of a reader, uh, he does like weekly breakdowns on the Montana Mint for Big Sky Basketball, so make sure you check out Brian's stuff there. Hopefully we'll have uh, him having a big breakdown on Montana here soon. We'll have National Signing Day, maybe with Alex uh, again. Um, and then we're going to try to still put content out during the off season. so uh, make sure you stay tuned in to Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and, of course, Tubs at the club.com. Now it is time for the best band in all the land, The Sound of Idaho, to play us out. Go Vandals.